Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm Caddy. And I'm Teffer. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! Yeah! So this week we are, we're going to chat a little bit about diverse holiday books and why we're mad that there aren't any. Uh, but first we're going to introduce a new segment. That is the theme song for the segment every week now. I will remember uh, it identically. <laughs> so, so we decided that it might be fun to start spending a few minutes at the beginning of each episode talking a little bit about um, what is has been going on in uh, in YA this week. And uh, if you are on the internet at all, you might know what has been going on in YA this week, which is that yesterday was it? Ju- yes, it was just it was yesterday. yesterday. Um, J.K. Rowling tweeted. Um, just very strongly and more openly than she has before, although she has before a little bit, um, aligning herself with trans-exclusionary radical feminists and just coming down real hard on, uh, on, you know, like not uh, thinking that trans people deserve rights and all that. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, big hearty boo goes out to J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Especially considering that, you know, she her claim to fame is writing about misfits, right? Mm. Writing about just an ostracized community, first mm-hmm. off, and then an ostracized community within an... It's very disappointing. And sometimes I wish that if people didn't understand, don't understand what they're talking about, that they would just shut up. Wouldn't that be a gift to the world <laughs> if just yeah. people would just shut up about things that they don't understand? Mm-hmm. I think the thing that I've appreciated most about the Twitter discourse around mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling, and I'm just, um, I mean, I'm just like like furious, but also not surprised because Rowling has yeah. said all kinds of really, really problematic things in the background, uh, in the in the background, in the past, mm-hmm. in the temporal background and um people have have been saying this about her for a while and and the part of the twitter discourse that i've appreciated the most is all the people who have in the past said hey jk rowling's actually really problematic in this way and that way coming through and saying we have been telling you this Mm -hmm. and being able to get links to all of the really excellent scholarship that has engaged Mm -hmm. with her work and and with her presence in the past um obviously the ilvermorny like uh, uh, north american yeah. magic mythology she developed in the last few years was was wildly racist and and mm-hmm. did a lot of erasure um and that again i think is yeah wouldn't it be nice if people who didn't know about stuff would just shut up <laughs> that and i mean look yeah. if, if second waves of feminists could just take a seat yeah i'd be I would be all right with that. That would be a, a, a nice, healthy compromise. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's so... I really think about how kind of generations repeat themselves, right? It's sort mm-hmm. of the people who are saying to their parents, you don't understand me, sexual liberation, women's rights, mm-hmm. kind of doing exactly the same thing, perpetuating the same thing with people saying, hey, maybe we've been looking at gender all wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what are you talking about? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and it's uh mm-hmm. really yeah i mean it's i i think people just don't understand like how dumb they look yeah. <laughs> it's how dumb they look but also how much harm they're doing well absolutely I think, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. that's the main thing you know uh jk rowling is out there on beyonce's internet you know with millions and millions and millions of followers and billions of dollars um if you're going to say something that is harmful towards any type of subsection of that of of the world um especially mm-hmm. when that you don't belong to and mm-hmm. hold privilege over yeah yeah eh, you know well and also i mean she didn't say anything during the the past british election she hasn't said a word she doesn't campaign for rights she doesn't mm-hmm. use her platform no really to campaign no. for anything but herself and then that this is the thing she chooses to take a stand on, I think really, mm-hmm. really speaks to who she is and where her heart is. White yeah. lady's gonna white lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real, yeah. Um, and especially, I mean, one of the, the, the Native American writers I was reading mm-hmm. was saying um, they tried to engage with her on Twitter about it, and those she just ignores. So she has this history of ignoring discourse on Twitter when she doesn't want to engage with it. Mm-hmm. But this she chooses to engage on. It's yeah, yeah, and she she yeah. has no she has no desire to learn. Like I saw I saw a piece yesterday about how some some like trans rights organization had sort of reached out to her publicists to like inviting her to like a facilitated like non publicized conversation with trans people to sort of talk yeah. about this and and totally was not interested. Boo. I would not want to be her publicist right no. now, though. Agreed. Because she's just alienated such such a large segment of her of her readership. Yeah, like that's the only like that's the one sort of like it, it's not a bright spot, but it's like a at least nobody can pretend that she's not what she is anymore. Like she's flown enough under the radar that like most of us knew she was trash before yesterday, but there were lots of people who like she flew enough under the radar that lots of people could kind of ignore it or whatever. Um, But it's it's very clear now that she's very trash. Um, But I want to talk briefly about sort of what you were sort of bringing up a little bit before Caddy, which is I think why this is so painful is that like her books are so big with the queer community and with the trans community because of those there are those themes in them of sort of like being being not fitting in and finding your place and um like I think a lot about that in regards to myself and like why I really resonated with Harry Potter I think about how sort of like my queerness manifested as a kid which was just like I just did not fit in um and how I think, like, that's why I connected so strongly with Harry Potter was this, like, you're a kid who doesn't fit anywhere, anywhere and then you find your people. Um, and so I think it's just, it's so wrenching because of that, because of how much the queer and trans community does connect with those books. Mm. But my, my feeling about this is, and I did a lot of tweeting about this yesterday, um, is that, like, I... Well, two things. I mean, I think that people who are want to just throw out Harry Potter because of this, totally justified, totally valid. But I think also, like, I don't know, the thing that I want to remind people who are, like, who do still get something out of Harry Potter is that, like, she doesn't get to take the good things we found in those books away from us by being shitty. Like, they're ours, they're not hers anymore. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, we get to have our, like, legions of super queer, super trans fan fiction and all of our headcanons and just, you know, we can just pretend she doesn't exist anymore and hopefully not give her any more money. But um, And that's where everything becomes complex, right? It's how do we dissociate the... uh, artist who is generally problematic let's be honest and Mm -hmm. the art which you know from from a democratic standpoint belongs to us at this point but every time we invest in it uh every time we pay rights every time i'm about to start uh, inciting a riot uh Uh, no but you know we're still we're we're feeding the beast and Mm -hmm. that's so frustrating right yeah like i mean there are so many instances in very recent, you know, months, let's not even say years, where yeah. we find out that our faves are so problematic and then you have to, you really do have to have those, ask mm-hmm. yourself those questions. How much am I willing to continue to endorse this? And, mm-hmm. you know, or am I, is it going to be my dirty little secret? Am I yeah. okay with that? Like, oh, it's frustrating. I think it, it really got me th- thinking because we haven't, done Harry Potter on this show yet and we haven't done Harry Potter because we were trying to figure out the best way to do Harry Potter because Harry Potter is just monumental Um, and and really I think you can make an argument that Harry Potter kicked off the popularity of YA Lit uh, Mm -hmm. that has brought this podcast into being Um, and you know we are also holding off because there's a lot of good podcasts already that cover Harry Potter uh, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter and the Sacred Text and um uh, which please? Which please have both already made statements about mm-hmm. uh, really good statements that are worth checking out yeah. about sort of how they're handling this news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey's Twitter threads are really where Hannah's bit. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. <laughs> are really worth checking out. Um, yeah, there's also there's a very good um, explicitly queer Harry Potter podcast called the Ga- the, Ga- the Gaily Prophet. Sorry, <laughs> I, uh, I messed that name up. It's it's wonderful. I. I did some sort of I did some listening to some of their like Pride Month series last year as they uh, they have an incredible interview with a trans woman talking about their headcanon that Hagrid is a trans woman and it's incredible um, and is soothing for the soul after after all the fuckery that went on yesterday. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, I think I think it's interesting. It's going to give us a lot to think about as we go forward because I think we do still need to talk about Harry Potter at some point. The nice thing is that there's no shortage of secondhand Harry Potter books, and if it's about buying Harry Potter, you know, you can go to a secondhand store and not line J.K. Rowling's pockets anymore. I mean, obviously that bird has flown. J.K. Rowling is a billionaire, but like yeah. <laughs> a billion times yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, you know, you want to think about, like, are you contributing to Potter more? You might want to think about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you contributing to anything Rolling Branded? I've already been boycotting the movies because Johnny Depp's in them. But, like, yeah. uh, which J.K. Rowling's... No, not the, the, the new movies. The, new the um, Fantastic Beasts, etc. What Keffer's not saying is that I went into a deep stare of the universe trying to remember where I saw Johnny Depp and how my loins do not keep a memory of this. Hashtag problematic faves. Oh, you, your loins wouldn't react <laughs> to Johnny Depp in in uh, the new ones. He's yeah. not. It's they really. Johnny Depp is a shell of his former self. Yeah, and then um, there there's bad too. In addition to, they're bad. Yeah, they're, they're just not plotted well. They're yeah. not. Yeah, there's a yeah yeah. But anyways, that's 
It felt a little Doctor Who to me. It didn't feel very Harry Potter. It's like trying to be Doctor yeah. Who, but it's just... So there's a really interesting series of episodes on Witch Please, so I'm stop talking about Witch Please soon, but this is a feminist Harry Potter podcast, and they do... So they also do sort of... They talk about fan-made stuff as well, and so there was a fan-made movie... Um, that was made in Italy a couple of years ago that was a it was very low budget um it was like a prequel about Voldemort and so they talked about how it basically suffered from all of the same plot problems as Fantastic Beasts did like Fantastic Beasts basically suffered from all the same plot problems as this like you know super low budget fan-made movie the only reason Fantastic Beasts was better was because it had better CGI um, basically. <laughs> um, I think Witch Please also has really, really, really good stuff on uh, fat phobia in Harry Potter, which is one of the things which rereading it. I read the first book to my kid and then realized my kid is too little for Harry Potter still, but just wow. <laughs> um, so Witch Please yeah. is a really good lesson for if you're kind of grappling with the problematic elements, but still mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of nostalgia and affection for the universe. Yeah. Like, that's, that's where I come down on it is, um, like, I think definitely, like, I will still be someone who likes Harry Potter going forward, but I am going to be even more so conscious of only engaging with it in ways that do not give rolling money. Um, so, like, I mean, I already own all the books, so I can read them. If I want Harry Potter stuff, I'm going to buy it from unlicensed, small-scale artists, not from you know branded stuff and yeah i think that is the best way to use the power that you have and uh i think we're passing a clear message here the books are what they are and yeah. what they mean to you yeah. um but the author a big hearty middle finger right to you mm-hmm. uh, and to all the turf movement in the UK just 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 calm your tits calm down (laughs) just just stop caring about things that affect you not at all um like if you're going to care about them in a negative way just don't just just don't you could just engaging you could just you could do so many other things with your time um then try to prevent people from getting rights and whose rights will not affect you at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's Mm-hmm. My hair is quivering in anger. <laughs> Rightly so. Yep. <laughs> we support the hair. <clears throat> and <you>. Hannah. <laughs> so I think that wraps our, our today's current events. Yes. We'll revisit this segment, I think, as things arise. We started mm-hmm. thinking about this around the whole Sarah Dessen controversy yeah. that happened. Just things do happen in the world things of YA. Happen. And yeah. uh, it feels like a good place to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll have happier news next time hope yeah. so mm. i did find out in happy news in ya that there is a ya novel coming in 2020 that's a fantasy novel uh now i can't remember all of it but it's about a, a like indigenous girl who uses like who has powers and is badass and fights crimes or solves mysteries or something so oh, i'm excited amazing. about that we need it dear person who will publish this please send us a copy of this book so that we may review it and sing its praises because theoretically this is right up our alley oh my god we so will love much. it so this week <laughs> <laughs> i need new segment music <laughs> this week uh, Do we need Jingle Bells segment music? I don't have any Jingle Bells. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 
This is our third week of the holidays. It's uh, the week of Christmas. It's also the mm-hmm. week of Hanukkah. All mm-hmm. of the celebrations are happening. Mm-hmm. We opened up this holiday theme. And I know this holiday <laughs> theme has not really ended up being as light and fluffy and, uh, and casual. <laughs> we uh, really, we're we so really, bad at light and fluffy and We casual. really intended it to be just just light so now we're our aim is to give january uh to give you guys a little bit of a break but um i guess the interview with natalie blit was nice that was kind of light um this week we wanted to talk about a young adult holiday book with a non-white protagonist we really wanted to give you that that was something we wanted very badly we crowdsourced and we searched and i looked real hard so hard i mean really just asked people and uh, came up with one adult holiday book with a non-white protagonist i believe which one is that the um the new one the mangoes and mistletoe yeah yes that's on my tbr pile not a young adult but not a young adult book apparently i think it's quite steamy and ooh, Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) well um and uh a few people had anthologies that had short stories that were i think somebody in them is not white Mm-hmm. So we did end up reading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So Hannah and I read two short stories from an anthology. And I'm just black. <laughs> <laughs> we we had terrible communication this week, folks. We, we all just finished finals. And yeah. then we were like, as soon as we're finished finals, we're all going to be so on the game and focused. And we all finished finals and we're just like, now my brain is made yeah. of grilled cheese <laughs> <laughs> i mean i literally handed in my last two papers this morning so congratulations Cha-cha-cha. so anyway awesome. our communication was not what it what it could have been but mm-hmm. uh, uh hannah and i both read two short stories mm-hmm. and um caddy has opinions because <laughs> caddy yeah. read a book that i to be fair i told you to read <laughs> Uh, and then did not communicate the change (laughs) so just quick little shout out to natalie blitt Mm -hmm. good yeah you enjoyed it good job yeah yeah i love it fun (laughs) okay amazing um the anthology we read from is called my true love gave to me i don't think we need to spend a lot of time on the stories because i I think it's More important to talk about the concept here, which is this is what we came up with in our in our mm-hmm. like months long search. I can't emphasize. Yeah. Like this isn't a case of, oh, we couldn't find anybody. No, this is a case of we were looking so hard and we enlisted friends to help us look. They just don't exist. And like publishers, what? Whoa. I, These- I'm sure somebody has that manuscript. <laughs> These two short stories are all there is mm-hmm. published apparently for YA and like almost in all of literature yeah so uh, the one of the stories we read is called Polaris is where we'll where you'll find me by Jenny Hahn um, the other is by Matt de la Pena and it is I forget what it's called uh, it, it's called angels in the snow okay which is weird yeah that, I mean that was like a do they because they talk about they don't actually even end up making do they snow even angels. talk about angels um he talks about snow angels at okay. one point um All right, anyway a weird title yeah um these stories were fun yeah i liked 
Angels in the Snow more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jenny Han one was weird. The Jenny Han one was weird. I also just watched an extremely bad. So the the premise the the premise of um, the Jenny Han one is it is about Santa's adopted daughter. Um, Polaris is where you'll find me. Yes. And I just watched an extremely terrible made for Netflix Christmas movie about Santa's daughter. Oh, which one? Um, No, it's called Santa Girl. It is so bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You should definitely watch it. Um, It is my favorite thing about this movie. Sorry, quick sidebar is that they clearly had no budget for extras. So it takes place on a college campus that is just constantly completely empty save for the protagonist and like the one person that she's talking to in the scene um it's incredible that's something wow so so with polaris is where where you'll find me i was like i was like several pages in before i realized this was actually happening in santa town yeah i really thought it was like a high school dance for a while Mm -hmm. and she was just saying like elves no it's about Literal actual elves and Santa. Yeah. It's a weird story, but it's it might be up story. your alley. It's, I was not super charmed by it. I didn't mean your alley specifically, oh. but like somebody listening. Yeah. Um, you might be into it. I, I, to me, it didn't really tick the holiday romance box, even though it's about as Santa-y as you can get. And yeah. there is romance. But that the thing is like the... the the romance is weird because it's, it's a like, weird romance. So she has this crush on this boy and like the story culminates with her kissing him, but then with her giving him with him giving her the address of another boy that she sort of had a crush on or something. It's very it's very strange. Well, I think it's like she needs to uh <laughs> like kind of go to the world of humans cuz she doesn't really belong with the elves, but then mm-hmm. she also kind of ends up with the elf. Yeah. It's so, very bizarre. So not totally Santa should make kidnap a, human babies. Mm. Yeah. That would make a great premise for a Christmas porn, though. <laughs> Think about it. Right? Gonna do some Googling after this. I mean, hello. Merry mm. Christmas. Here is your annual pegging. <laughs> I'm sorry, Deborah. I feel like I just No, just you. I'm just No, you haven't at all. I'm curious about like tell me more about the premise. Who's getting pegged? <laughs> the elf, of course. Okay. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Uh, didn't expect this to go to elf pegging. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we. Uh, you're a gift and a treasure, and we love you. <laughs> um, the other story by Matt Nila Pena is maybe more of a like classic holiday tale of romance. Yeah, it's more charming. It's a little white savory, which I found unsavory. I felt like it engaged with the white savior in aspect. I felt like it engaged it, with it enough to keep it from being too white savory. Yeah, it did a little. Um I like I would have liked it to be longer so that it could have like I I thought it was a good story and I would yeah. have liked it to like have had more time to deal with a lot of the things that were going on in I it. I think the scene where the white girl tells him about the first time she became aware of race and he's like, I don't know if she's telling me this because I'm Hispanic or for another reason. What is going on? Um, I thought that was a nice self-conscious moment. Yes. So uh, if you want to indulge in a bit more <laughs> white savior Christmassy cringing. Oh. Jesus, may I interest you in <laughs> I mean, that's a point. Um, I, uh, I watched Christmas, uh, the holiday 
in the wild on Netflix. Have you seen this trash fire? I have seen the ads and thought it looked like a trash fire. Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) But I had to watch it to the very end. Um, It is about two people in their mid to late 40s or early 50s one of which is Rob Lowe and the other is uh, Kristen Davis uh, aka Charlotte from Sex and the City and she gets dumped because her husband doesn't love her and she flies to Africa because she's a vet with cats and dogs and would love to see animals and anyway she just goes on their second honeymoon by herself and meets Rob Lowe and they are the only white people living in the bush in Africa and she saves an elephant and oh oh boy oh and their love is real because it happened in Africa and it was so bad but like you know like when it's real bad but like you can't stop staring my girlfriend walked walked in on me watching this and she was like no baby no please turn it off like this is this is bad for your heart this is bad for 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 your brain just this is bad for society she's like why why i'm sorry i'm sorry for white people i'm sorry it was so funny but i couldn't stop i just i highly recommend this it's bad i feel like there was a taylor swift music video along the same premise <laughs> So you've had a terrible Christmas movie recommendation from both me and Caddy. Teffer, what's yours? I haven't watched any terrible Christmas movies yet this year. Have you watched The Night Before Christmas? <laughs> I No, I'm worried about watching The Night Before Christmas because because dopey white guys pretending to be knights is really triggering for me. Oh, I'm sorry. That's fair. <laughs> We almost watched it, and then I was like, "No, I can't deal with a white guy being like milady." Nope, this is entirely fair. And that is, you basically summed up the movie in yeah. two sentences. Yeah. Um, we we keep meaning to. We did watch the holiday, which is my favorite. That's right. The holiday movie. is very good. So we watched that because I just I love it. Mm-hmm. And Eli Wallach, come on! Yeah. I feel like we watched. I watched the holiday calendar this year, which I did enjoy. <gasps> with, um, oh, oh, I'm sorry, with P. Diddy's son. The sure. advent calendar? Yes. Yeah. Uh, starring black people. Yeah. Yay, Christmas. Yeah. Um, and, it, like, and there's no, like, Chris Brown isn't in the movie. So it's nice. You don't have mm-hmm. to question yourself on if it's okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 the photographer dude is okay. actually p diddy and the late kim porter's son interesting oh. it's a charming movie i it enjoyed is. It's it cute. this is not a holiday movie but but holiday star but movies starring black people made me think uh we did actually recently watch um what men want which is like a, a remake of what women want yes starring i think it's taraji p Henson. yeah yeah um and it was fun Ooh. i was really i was really like felt like it was only low rated because the main character is a black woman like it was very fun yeah. uh we recently yeah. watched uh, little uh which is produced by a 14 year old young girl named marcy martin yeah. and it's so funny it's so funny but i think it's hard for people to digest uh that black women are funny mm-hmm. outside of like in the workplace yeah um but yeah no it's it's worth it's, checking out well, i highly recommend it. i loved it she's like a she's like a an awesome like badass businesswoman um it was there's like one scene that's not great that's like women fighting at a wedding but i feel like you always get that scene mm-hmm. like 
it's always like, I know people are getting mad at a wedding. I know. Let's have them get in a fight and pull out each other's hair. And mm-hmm. that's funny. So that was disappointing. But that was like the only really like low point for me. I thought the rest of it was was really fun mm-hmm. um, and cute. And like she was allowed to behave badly and also well and like there was a lot of nuance it was fun her assistant was a white man that was fun wow yeah yeah so that was good it wasn't a holiday movie but it was good uh, I remembered the other holiday movie I have watched which is Tom had me watch the Stephen Colbert um, <laughs> holiday special that he put out in 2008 and that was an experience Oh boy. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Great British Bake Off holiday specials and texting you about them. I don't watch those because I find it's not boring when Paul isn't doming contestants. (laughs) I find it is boring when Paul isn't doming contestants. So there are, there are, there are a few, um, (laughs) there are a few competition ones. But the holiday masterclasses, there are are some. Okay. Okay. The holiday masterclasses are just like. Heavy Mary and Paul flirting with each other, um, which like I find charming. I ship them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And let's 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 be honest. Mary Berry is the power top here. Oh, yes. Yeah. She very much is. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, Paul Hollywood and his come to bed eyes. Yeah. Oh boy. There was there, so there was one there was one bit in the most recent one that I watched, and I'm watching these with my parents. Um, <laughs> Where, um, where, where Mary makes some remark to Paul and she's just like, oh, you do like using your hands, don't you? <laughs> and I was so upset that there was no one for me to be like, oh, wow, to, because you can't make sex jokes to <laughs> you, my parents. You texted me. I did text you. That, that was, that was my compromise. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Paul Hollywood gives me complicated feelings. <laughs> Why are they complicated? Because I think he's a dick. Oh, fair. Yeah. But, like, I also want him to tell me my bread isn't properly (laughs) baked. (laughs) No, he left his wife for a 23-year-old. Oh, that's so disappointing. At, like, 50? Yeah. I feel like... uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, my partner has a thing going when we watch. (laughs) Great. British Bake Off where he thinks Paul Hollywood's hands are very small like disproportionately small and so every time we watch it (laughs) he he makes some crack about Paul Hollywood's dainty hands and so now every time I talk about Paul Hollywood I just (laughs) think of that. Like I don't think it's about the size of his hands. I think it's It's about about how you use them. He does with them. Listen, I have had complicated thoughts about Paul Hollywood from the first time I saw him walk on. What is it about him? With his with his very Russian jeans, right? Like they're like almost whitewashed, but there's still like a middle patch over the thigh, and and his Guy Fieri hair, and he's like everything that I should not be into, and I'm like. Well, if you hold me down and ask nicely. What is it about him? I don't know what it is about him. He looks gross. He looks creepy. And, like, he does it for me. No, but he's got a very compelling, like, weird silver fox thing going on. And he's got those piercing blue eyes. Like, I don't even like men. And I understand the appeal of Paul Hollywood. Okay, but if we're really being honest, (laughs) I try to forget that I like men but no they're, they're, they're yeah um okay they're hosts though 
Sue Perkins? Yeah. Oh, the the lesbian hosts? I love oh. them. Mel is not a lesbian. Oh. Mel has strong lesbian energy, right? She's Sue not, is a lesbian. Okay. Oh, I thought they were both. Mel is... I know. I had this also. They both have such big gay energy. Mm. They do. And she wears very baggy jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But Sue Perkins. Oh, I love her. There's I love all of them. I love her so We're watching much. the last episode before everybody leaves except Paul Hollywood mm-hmm. and I just I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue I really don't the new hosts are not as good no they're not plus I know it was like network shenanigans yeah. and everybody quit in protest except for Paul Hollywood and <laughs> because that makes he's me a respect bad boy and needs to be spanked <laughs> Well, well, we've um, <sighs> listen, folks. We've really successfully talked about holiday YA lit this week. So the um, the takeaway from the show is that there should be more diverse holiday lit, and that's definitely what we spent this whole episode talking about. Um, okay, but like, do you want do you want to spank Paul Hollywood? Because I want Paul Hollywood to spank me <laughs> or my bread. <laughs> I think everything is up for negotiation at this point. Oh, I would like to apologize to my girlfriend who's listening to this and is probably dying of laughter and is going to make me pay for this dearly. The nice thing is my partner is also into Paul Hollywood. So when we watch GBBO, he's just always like, do you think you would like, how do you think Paul Hollywood would top you? All right, scratch that. Mary Berry, just an apron, and like (laughs) a bowl with empty cake batter and a spatula. Well, there, wearing like kitten heels with a bit of fluff on uh, on the front. Well, I think the thing is, Paul Hollywood is doming you, but Mary Berry is supervising. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) That was a genuine response if I've ever given one. Listen, happy holidays, folks. Enjoy. Happy happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Happy Yule. Eat food. Does Kwanzaa happen around this time? I have I'm looking no at you. Daddy, you're black. You know about Kwanzaa, right? No. We sing Happy Birthday Jesus in my left wing Muslim family. So That's uh, uh, amazing. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> oh. we hope you never watch GBBO the same way again. Yep. We hope you find ways to enjoy your problematic faves, even when wrestling with the problematics. Mm-hmm. And if you are a publisher, we hope you publish some goddamn less white holiday content this year. Because and if you yes. do, send it to us. Yeah, we really want that. If you are, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. If you are a non-white person who has written a holiday manuscript or wants to write a holiday yeah. manuscript and you want to send that to us like yeah. we'll review your manuscript we will like, read that yeah we will celebrate that. and then we'll like send it to a publisher and be like what the heck because mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah and then also mangoes and mistletoe coming out yes Shit looks good it not why um i'm yeah. planning on reading it it is like so this is on theme actually it is a lesbian holiday rom-com set in a Great British Bake Off like setting. It sounds amazing. So I know what I'm doing over break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like two fifty on Kindle. I'm ready for it. I'm Sweet. Excited about that. That might be my that might be my Christmas book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy holidays from what? 
from yeah I can't. <laughs> from why from why from why I have been in meetings with people because I'm trying to get a job and like a career and stuff and the number of times I've had to explain what YA is in the past two weeks and like why I do a podcast on it and why I think it's important mm-hmm. the words just don't mean anything to me anymore it's fair hmm. but it the concept means a lot to me though yes hire me Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast, and individually, I'm at caddy double underscore d. I'm at Teffer Bear. And I'm at the Balesosaurus. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, book choices, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yapodcast to donate. Shout out to our patrons, Kat McGuire, Catherine Resch, Erica Stitchberry, Chantal Thomas, Lizzie Tenhove, and Matt Dever. We love you guys. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or by uh, loving us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. And by sharing this episode with a friend. In all honesty, share this with your favorite baker or with your favorite second wave feminist who needs to be reminded to take a seat. Share this episode with Paul Hollywood. Oh, heck yes. (laughs) Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Jingle, jingle. Jingle, jingle. (laughs) (laughs) on september 16th 1993 nbc aired the first ever episode of fraser a spin-off series about psychiatrist dr fraser crane the much-loved seattle shrink from cheers 10 days earlier a baby was born a baby who, we'd come to learn, was destined to have someone pay him $264 to watch through every episode of Frasier with different special guests, unpacking the deeper themes behind each episode. That baby is me, Tom Zalatni, and this is a terrible, terrible idea. Tune in to They're Calling Again, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.